0: Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Here It Is Christmas Time by Kevin Bacon in the old 97s, but yo! That's my joy! That's my joy! What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to a special Christmas episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Jolly St. Nate, a.k.a. The Nativity, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health, and in good spirits, joining me today, returning to the pod straight from the Battle of Rick's Road, it's the Sons of Ferrix, Nay Ferris. Give it up for my homies, DX and James, the brothers Ferris, dudes. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast, Nate. If I may, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, festive man. How we doing? Merry funkin' Christmas. I love it. I love it. You know, um, I, I came up with this idea just so, for, for the listeners um, of putting together a Christmas episode of us talking about our famous, favorite Christmas music. And uh, there was nobody else I would reach out to than um, the two premier uh, Christmas music playlist creators that I know, uh, 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 James and DX. So thank you for joining and me. Guys. We are Christmas music
1: people. I, I think there are two kinds of people in this world. You got Christmas music people and you got non Christmas music people. And just to give you an idea of, of the depths of which Christmas
2: music is is in our blood, as Ferris's, uh Dave might know this story. But uh, if in case you don't recall it, apparently when I was a real little kid, like maybe four, maybe three years old, me and my dad were uh, were sitting around listening to uh, uh, "Here Comes Santa Claus," and apparently I just start crying, and our dad looks over at us and goes, hey, hey, "What's what's wrong? Why are you crying?" I'm like,
0: uh, this song says, you know, if you've been bad or good, and I've been bad all year. <laughs>
1: well, was, you should have behaved better. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. The power of I music. Don't remember, I don't remember how it worked out, but, uh, you know. Yeah, me, our, our, our dad, not a sentimental guy, uh, certainly had a romantic streak, though, and he liked Christmas. So yeah. if, if Christmas even got through to him, it means something.
0: Yeah, you know, I had a a small stretch and uh, I can pinpoint exactly what it was. I worked in retail where I didn't want to hear another Christmas song for the rest of my life. But I think what it did was um, make me appreciate really good Christmas music. You know, like it, it was that I realized I didn't it wasn't that I didn't like Christmas music. It was that I didn't like mall Christmas music and uh and and that um will um uh definitely show its face here though you know i'm even coming around on those now because like uh uh, i was putting this list together and originally i was trying to come up with um with uh um really like kind of obscure favorites of mine and stuff like that and then um at some point i was just like you know what no dig in dig in eat your eat your, your 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 turkey and your stuffing and just you know you take you take what everybody likes though of You do Christmas your way. That's exactly right.
2: As you said, there's a lot of shitty Christmas music out there, and we're going to talk about some of it today. We absolutely are. Yeah,
1: again, to break break it down, two kinds of Christmas music: the good stuff and the bad stuff.
0: Well, what do you? uh, What What are some things you guys like in the good stuff? Like uh, what? What? What grabs you?
2: I know, I know Dave has his lists, uh, but, uh, so let me go first just, just to keep it brief. Uh, you know, I have been accused of, uh, of making some very morose Christmas mixes. Uh, but that's, that's what I go for. You know, I feel like the best Christmas music has a certain sense of nostalgia to it. I feel like it's, uh, maybe, I don't know if downbeat is the right word, but that's the kind of, of Christmas music I like. I'm not saying I don't like upbeat Christmas music. But the nostalgic kind of downbeat stuff is the stuff I really gravitate to.
1: And most of my mixes reflect that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Dave?
1: Yeah, you know, I've also been accused of uh, making Christmas mixes that make people cry. Um, But I'm a vibe chaser. I'm a vibe chaser. That's what I go for. You know, there are many different ways to go about making your Christmas mix. I'm a member of a couple different... uh, online groups of christmas people and you know there are different ways to go about it as we said a lot of people just make happy christmas mixes just happy 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 christmas 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 any song that's upbeat and says christmas yeah okay that's valid that's legitimate um but i i go for general vibes and i tend to lean toward uh you know obviously uh, our Christmas aesthetic is genetically ingrained in us, but I, I go for the uh, the more downbeat stuff. You know, around Christmas, I always spend a lot of time in my car driving back and forth to work and such. Uh, James and I, both former pizza guys, used to spend a lot of time driving around in the snow. Um, So I think that makes sense to me for how I experience Christmas. I spend some time alone. Um removed from everybody thinking about things just enjoying the vibe. And I'm not a rocking around the Christmas tree kind of guy. Um I like thrash metal. I can handle that. There's a little bit of overlap between metal and Christmas. But I, I like chasing the vibes. You know, um here some vibes that I generally recognize in Christmas music are Midnight Magic. That that feel of Kind of the, uh, the the dance of the sugar plum fairies. A very chilled out midnight, something is, is going to happen that is unusual. There's rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, snow is falling. Uh, the kind of Christmas uh, mellow jazz vibe, that's one way to look at it. Country Christmas, not something I'm into, but it's a thing. Um, the church vibe, that's one vibe. I don't do that. Not about the Jesus Christmas so much. <laughs> And then there's this kind of overlap. What do you have against Jesus? <laughs> you know, I went to as we'll talk about when we list the uh, when we list the, the favorite Christmas material. I went to Catholic school for approximately nine point two five years, and the only part I enjoyed about it was uh, one Christmas song. <laughs> it's awesome you know so yeah i i I go for the general vibe of christmas however you you interpret that it doesn't have to be overtly christmas but what does christmas feel like to you can you make a mix that replicates that and not a lot of people can if you are one of the people out there that makes your own christmas mix and sends it to your friends you have a superpower my friend yeah and and maybe this goes
2: without saying to us but uh you know for for the listeners out there you know uh uh there's a lot of people out there whose entire knowledge of Christmas music is mall Christmas music. And I think we tend to go a little bit deeper, a little bit different direction than what you would hear in the bank, you know, in the two weeks leading up to Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's definitely true. You know, uh, for me, like the things that I look for specifically, it, it's, it's three things. And you touched, you guys touched on all of them, really, which is, uh, nostalgia is big to me. Like, you know, and, and, uh, and not just sounding nostalgic, but also like, uh, sense memories. So like I'll hear the song and I'm like, Oh, this is what it was like sitting at Aunt Connie's Christmas Eve, you know, something like that. Um, melancholy. I am all about melancholy Christmas songs and, and, and specifically, um, you know, the the word alone came up a few times. Um, I like a good song that would sound like I would play this on my guitar drunk alone if if I was alone on Christmas. You know, those are like things I kind of dig to, you know, and um, but most importantly, I like fun. Like I like I like a good fun Christmas song, like something that just kind of kind of bops, you know um i'm not i'm not not. some people are into fun
1: nate you know (laughs) if you're into that kind of thing i don't know what to do with you but you know go ahead do you
2: (laughs) how many Christmases drunk and alone are we talking about here (laughs) uh there's
0: been a few there's been a few Right. You know, I've been there. I've been, you there. know, you know, you don't, uh, you don't always have someone there. You know, um, here's a question I got for you guys, um, which is something you guys can specifically speak to, but something that I, 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 I can't unless we're talking about dogs. Um, has having offspring um, has that changed your appreciation of any kind of Christmas music or Christmas
2: music? No, but having offspring will. Permanently shift your perspective on every aspect of your life, including Christmas. Uh, Dave, what's what's the line you say about uh, a Christmas and going from being going to being the behind the scenes guy? How do you phrase it? I'm trying to think what you're talking about. You told me something along the lines of once like having kids all of a sudden it shifts from Christmas being something you experience to now you're the guy behind the scenes making the magic for the
1: kids. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're you're now uh, you go from being uh you go from being Rust Griswold to uh, Clark Griswold. Now you're the guy the guy who is staging Christmas for everybody. You're the guy yeah. who has to serve up the music. Uh, if you want to make sure you hear Elvis Christmas that year, someone's got to put it on the stereo, and that becomes you know you as a parent.
2: Yeah, and and not really a musical example, but last night we were decorating our tree, and as with Christmas mixes, as far as tree decorating goes, I'm I'm kind of minimalist. You know, I like uh, I like white lights that don't blink. I like tasteful number of ornaments. And the kids are pulling out every single ornament out of every box and every bag. And the Christmas tree is starting to look like, you know, a whore's Christmas tree of shininess. (laughs) And, you know, there's part of me that wants to be like, no, no, stop,
0: stop. That's enough.
2: But then there's the parent part of the brain that's like, no, 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 this is for them. Let them put as many ornaments on the tree as they want. And then we'll let the cat knock them down and make the final decision.
0: More is more. I love it. So um, what uh, you know, we talked about what goes into things you like in a Christmas song. What don't you like in a Christmas song? What what's an an, an instant turnoff for you?
1: I, I, I don't like heavy handed stuff, you know, the kind of stuff I want to we're going to talk about this. I have a list of it's not complete. I'm still working on it, but I have a, a list of approximately 16 Christmas genres for songs. And one of them is, would you look at all this Christmas? <laughs> so uh, not to disparage your boy Billy Corgan, but uh, the Christmas song of theirs that turns up in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Is just a list of Christmas things. And he's basically saying, Christmas, 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 <laughs> and there's Christmas and shit. And over there is more uh christmas over there and there's christmas stuff and there's going to be snow and christmas so i hate (laughs) songs that that they're just clearly like sitting down like we have to write a christmas song let's run down the list
0: yeah james how about you Uh,
1: i mean to to quote
2: uh supreme court justice stewart when speaking about pornography i don't know what it is but i know it when i see it Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i could point to like any particular element of Christmas music as a whole and say, this is what I don't like, but I know something that I do like. And I know something that I don't like Um, very uncharacteristically. One of my all time top favorite Christmas albums ever is Josh Groban's Noel album, which is all classical christmas tunes uh you know he's josh groban is is who he is he's he's an acquired operatic type singer um if you would ask me if that's something i'd be into i'd probably say no but as i said that's one of my favorite christmas albums ever um so yeah it's
1: i i know what i'd like a and I know what test I don't. with with all art. Yeah, yeah i mean the the test for all art well there's a rule about it you have your prescriptions for it but does it work yeah. And if it works, well, yeah, you can do that. What, yeah, was I mean, it I, Andy Warhol that said art is what you can get away with? Or was that somebody else?
0: We'll say it was him. Yeah. We'll say it was him. <laughs> but, you know, looking at
1: what actually constitutes Christmas, yeah, if you look at Christmas movies, there are a few variations on this list out there, but there are five plus core elements of a Christmas movie. And as you mentioned immediately, one of those is nostalgia. One of those is nostalgia. As a parent, you know, I, I used to be a really hardline Christmas guy, like no Christmas at all before Thanksgiving. Don't say the word. Nothing. You can go to that's jail me. for that. Yeah. That's and uh, New Year's Day, it's over. It's over. We'll give you that week grace period. And that's what it used to be like. But then when you have kids, I, I let that go you know, uh, probably leads to um, Nightmare Before Christmas. But when you have a two-year-old kid and it's October and she wants to listen to Christmas music, okay. <laughs> you know, at this point, now I'm enjoying you enjoying Christmas. It's not about me anymore. But so Christmas movies, you know, number one is nostalgia. And, you know, so much of Christmas is stressful, but when you look back at it, and you're going to discover this as a parent, the real joy is in looking back at it. It's all stressful at the time. Taking your family to the to the uh, amusement park is not necessarily fun as it's happening. But then you look back a year later and, okay, that was fun. So haven't survived it. Nostalgia. Element number two, Christmas magic. Uh, reindeer, Santa, whatever. Three is hope. Things aren't made to be great this year. But if we make it through December, everything will be okay. Uh, four, the parade of holiday cliches and tropes. Christmas, you got to have a Christmas tree. You got to have snow. If not snow, then the glaring absence of snow is in itself a plot device, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, five, this kind of ties in with the whole motif of uh, Scrooge's Redemption redemption Mm -hmm. uh maybe you haven't been great but christmas is a big time to turn it around and then other lists will include things like family that's a big deal for uh, a lot of people uh seven general atmosphere christmas atmosphere what does it feel like i think that things really do feel different during christmas and the holidays uh and that's that's seven things that if you're writing a christmas movie you probably want to check those checklists So we can look and see how those things apply to the Christmas songs that we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, um, things that, that kind of turn me off about Christmas songs, like I, I, I have a, a quick five shot that are like almost immediate, um, like get this the fuck out of here. Um, one of them is like a straight up cover of an existing um, Christmas song uh, down to the arrangement and stuff like that. Like just if you are just doing like a cookie cutter, like, okay, and now I have to do this song and, and then this song uh, on your Christmas album then like I, I don't have time for. Christmas for it. is you also. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, like especially especially if it's um like a, a teen pop singer kind of over singing things. That that drives me absolutely nuts. Um, but also on the arrangements, a janky arrangement, if you're just changing things up and you're taking the soul out of a song, then I also don't have time for that. And I know that it's a, a thin line where I'm like, hey, do something different, but not too different that pisses me off, you know. But that's, hey, that you you stepped up to this challenge, so now you must answer to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, g-
2: generally speaking, anybody that has ever performed on American Idol or been in a boy band or was in the teen pop uh, realm during the 90s has never produced anything worthwhile in terms of a christmas album or song except elliot yamin did do a really good version of this christmas originally by now, donny
1: hathaway now are and you, kelly clarkson Kelly I just Clarkson's just say uh, uh, go ahead take it
0: yeah the uh that that um uh oh, what's it called underneath the tree by Kelly Clarkson. That's been sneaking into my head um, all season this year. And I know that like it came out in like 2013 or something like that. And it's taken a long time, but that's, I feel like that one's got a little bit of legs behind it.
1: Yeah. I feel like that one is, is gaining ground on all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll ever overtake it, but I I think that is definitely the best pop Chris song since for my money.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Another one that I can't stand is uh, don't be too fucking precious with your Christmas song. Like, I I just don't, I don't have time for that in, in fucking anything um and and movies film you know like uh music i just don't I, i it never it never clicks for me uh number four pentatonics don't be pentatonics i i can't i can't take um them at all so if if they're involved in a christmas song get me away from it and then uh the last one uh which kind of goes ties to the pentatonics is uh corny shit that thinks it's cute I have no patience for that, and that um, I also call the Jimmy Fallon category, which is just um, like that snowball fight song that he did, um, Fills Me With Rage. Um, he did one last year with, uh, Ariana Grande and Megan Thee Stallion about, um, wearing a mask and stuff like that. I'm like, just the fucking step back. Um,
1: yeah. If we start going through my list of grievances with Jimmy Fallon, we'll be here all day. So
0: <laughs> cool. Well, his name's we'll going to come along. up. His name's going to come up, uh, in this next section. Cause I wanted to use that as a segue. Uh, what's your least favorite Christmas song?
2: I'll tackle that. My least favorite Christmas song is Blue Christmas. Oh. <laughs> I I cannot stand any version of that song, whether it's the Elvis Presley version or the Elmer Fudd version. <laughs> it, what, uh... it just it, it just rankles me. The uh the the melody, the delivery, um I I don't know. Maybe there's something specific about Elvis's voice, you know, and that like, (laughs)
0: um, it
2: it strikes me as one of those tunes that, you know, doesn't have any real sentiments or any of the elements we've been discussing in it. It sounds like a tune that somebody was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and write a Christmas song and uh, we'll send it over to Tom Parker and uh, he'll get the kid to record it. So yeah, least favorite Christmas song, blue Christmas.
0: Let All me right.
1: ask you this, James. Have you heard the Donnie Iris version? <laughs> I have not. Well, there you go. <laughs> how, how does it always come back to Donnie Iris with you? <laughs> Donnie Iris. My, uh, my least favorite one is The Little Drummer Boy.
0: Mm, mm,
1: and, yeah. and, and and number one, it's a stupid song. Number two, it's a bad song. Number three, it's annoying. Number four, fuck that song. But it, it's it's just... It's a basically incorrect, flawed premise. I don't buy it. The little drummer boy, like Mary has just given birth to Jesus out in the animal pens. She doesn't want to hear some little asshole drumming, you know, and in it's it's another great example of an unreliable narrator it's from the point of view of the little drummer boy imagine that like you and your fiance future wife you just had a kid you just had birth out in the back somewhere in the shed and there's some little asshole drumming like lay it off kid like let us go let the little baby jesus sleep and as I said, unreliable narrator. It's all the little drummer boys saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were into it. They were yeah. into it, man. And <laughs> they dug it. Even they like, told Look me. Look over. I looked at like the the sheep, uh, you know, the donkeys. They were nodding their head, too. They were into it, man. What about the uh, David Bowie, Bing Crosby version? Well, David Bowie and Bing Crosby can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> they also brought some original content to it but generally you know if i were there if i were involved with it you know that song would have been over real quick
0: yeah yeah i uh uh, absence absent the uh the bow but i do like that
1: version james
0: you're right yeah um uh, yeah but you're right because it does start like it almost sounds like he's copying please right from the start because he's like come they told me they told me okay (laughs) they told me to come i'm sorry i brought my drum but they said they wanted this (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, me- I, I mean, go going go
2: not, not, not to cut you off, Nate, but yeah. you know, just to touch upon what Dave said, you know, I, I can see that a lot of times a song I may not give a shit about is dependent on the arrangement. Mm hmm. You know, so he doesn't like little drummer boy, but,
0: uh, David Bowie,
2: Bing Crosby. Uh, all right. Yeah, so I, I do yeah. like
1: that version. I'm saying the guy in the song, clearly an asshole, <laughs> you know, self in, self-obsessed artist has to take the birth of Jesus and make it about him. Like, yeah, a savior was born and I was there, man. Mm-hmm. I was laying it down for Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: it's not about you, bro. Reason for the season. Reason for the season.
0: My um my least favorite song and be- before I reveal it 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 was a toss up um but this one kind of just kind of necked it out um because like I really don't like the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams specifically that version because like I said it sounds like the mall to me like that is the quintessential mall Christmas song to me um and also it's not always the most wonderful time asshole you know some people are struggling <laughs> uh but anyway <laughs> like it's like, he's yeah, like slapping you in the face yeah what if it's a blue christmas <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Listen to Elvis. He's telling you. Um, but hey, so, no. so
2: so kind of a, kind of a non sequitur here. Maybe this isn't the right place for it, but it just popped into my mind. So uh, I used to have my own little business converting vinyl to CD back in the day before everybody had their USB turntable. And the number one album I would see all year was this traditional German Christmas album called Christmas on the Rhine. Hmm. And I would get it from maybe... 10 to 15 different people every November and December and it got to the point where when somebody sent me a real nice pristine clean version I just somebody would send me the album and I just burn a copy of that pristine version I already had on my hard drive and send it out Uh, although I did discover there were actually two different versions of that album but I had copies of both of them that sounded really good people would send those to me and be like which version is this version B okay burn (laughs) out right out
1: the door that's what were some awesome. of the joints on that? It was. It's all instrumental.
2: It's uh, it's traditional Christmas songs. I'd have to look it up to tell you exactly what they were. I forget if there was anything specifically German, uh, but you'd recognize some of the joints on it. But yeah, look it up. Christmas on the Rhine.
0: I gotta check that out. You
1: no, know, you mentioned you mentioned instrumental. I don't know if this really holds water, but it's part of my operating theory here. My Christmas genre number 13 of 16 is instrumental, which I know inherently doesn't make sense, but I have it there anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I, I dig a good, in, I dig a good instrumental. I mean, like uh, one of my favorite Christmas, you know, the top two Christmas album of all time to me is the Charlie Brown Christmas album. And and mostly the instrumental tracks are what, what sends me on that. Um but, uh, but my, my least favorite Christmas song of all time is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul fucking McCartney. Uh, fuck that song. And mostly because, um, sonically, there's something in the delay that, uh, um, I, I say is lazy, but, um, it doesn't match the tempo of the song and it sonically like affects me. Like I, I, I hear it and, and it like repulses me. Like it actually <laughs> repulses me. Um, to the point, this is how bad it is. I prefer the Jimmy Fallon a cappella version. <laughs> um, which which actually made me like revisit the song and go, Oh, it's not the song that I don't like. It's just that recording. Um but I just learned uh last night that Paul McCartney makes four hundred thousand dollars a year on that song alone. Um, which made wow. me hate it even more. So there we go. That's my that is my least favorite Christmas song, and uh, um, I'd be remiss to to not mention uh, the monkeys did a cover of it as well. <laughs> so,
1: you know, I'll, I'll backing up just a little bit to assert my credibility as a fan of Christmas music, I once wrecked a car because I was in such a frantic frenzy trying to get uh, "Do They Know It's Christmas" off the radio, <laughs> <laughs> and in retrospect, maybe worth it. Maybe yeah. worth. it. So when I, I say it. I'm serious about Christmas music and talking about, like, the visceral, uh, urgent need to get it away, I understand that. Yeah. You know,
2: funnily enough, I also wrecked a car before Christmas once, except I was listening to uh, Public Enemy at the time. Which album? Uh, I forget which album. It's the one that has Can't Do Nothing For You, Man. That's which was the, Which was the track that was uh, playing at the time.
0: I respect that. I respect that. All right. So, um, let's, uh, let's kind of break down, um, our, uh, five favorite Christmas songs. I think the easiest way to do this is, uh, we'll just, we'll go round table. We'll do number fives. Uh, then we'll jump to fours, um, and kind of discuss and stuff like that. Um, does, d- Dave, I think you said you had six. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> My as I said, I went to Catholic school for nine point two five years, and the only part of that that I enjoyed at all, except for the possibly illegal stuff we did in eighth grade that I still can't talk about, uh, was the hymn "Emmanuel." Uh, that's that's a really wonderful tune. Uh, it goes back to the twelfth century. Uh, The magazine Christian History called it the season's most somber hymn. You guys read Christian history, right? Always. Yeah. And the yeah. modern the modern form of it goes to uh, 1851. But, you know, it has basic roots as an antiphon chant uh, codified in the 12th century, like I said. And I really like that. Uh, do you want to reduce it to a Christmas song? I don't know. Um, there are some ones I like more. It's not exactly a jam. But Tori Hamos covered it. Uh, not my favorite version. But you know who else covered it in 2010? Hmm. Donnie Iris. Nah, of course he did. So that's my runners up. You guys have
0: a runners up? I do. Yeah. I have... Oh, 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 James, oh you, go. you go. You go, Nate. No, no, you go. It's all you. Okay.
2: My, my number six is That Was the Worst Christmas Ever by Sufjan Stevens. Uh, if you if any listeners are not familiar with Sufjan Stevens' Christmas music, it is phenomenal. I think it is probably. And there's a lot of it. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, I think he's put out like five or six different EPs and one collection of everything on those EPs. And it num, it numbers up to like 125 tracks. Not all of them are four to five minute songs. Some of them are just brief instrumentals, but, uh, there, there's definitely a lot of them. But, uh, if you're not familiar with it, I, for my money, Sufjan Stevens has done some of the only, relevant Christmas, new Christmas music of the last 25, maybe 50, maybe 75 years mm. that I think will still stand the test of time. Um, Sufjan Stevens' Christmas also holds a special place in my heart because the night before we discovered that our first kid was going to be born, we were at a Sufjan Stevens' Christmas music concert in Cleveland at the Beastland Ballroom. So there's that emotional connection to it as well. But, yeah, that was the worst Christmas ever. Uh, Definitely falls into the more morose, but definitely nostalgic. It's like it was custom made for me. Uh, So, yeah, Sufjan Stevens, runner-up number six. Yeah, look
1: for him. If you can't find something in his Christmas catalog, uh, you're dead.
2: Yeah. And it's some of it's, you know, a lot of originals, a lot of covers of uh, Christmas standards, even a lot of uh, covers of traditional Christmas songs uh, like uh, uh, Low Era Roses Blooming. I don't know if that's how that's classified as a Christmas song. Maybe somebody could, uh, could straighten that out for me at some point. But yeah, it's all over the place. It's good.
0: I dig it I dig it my uh, my honorable mention it's funny that we as for uh, top five and we all had six um, because we <laughs> should we do top seven? <laughs> um, but my, my my honorable mention isn't actually a song technically but is uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady by Cheech and Chong uh, 1971 <laughs> produced by Lou Adler it is Christmas to me like uh, Christmas doesn't exist or start until I listen to that and they just had a record store day release of the single and every single store i went to it was out of so uh i'm gonna have to pay an exorbitant amount of money uh to get that release but um it but it is starts off with a little shout out to pittsburgh it's nice it does it does yeah i'm from pittsburgh man (laughs) yeah yeah no uh but i absolutely love it and um and uh it just feels it's funny that like i've heard it my entire life and it still fills me with absolute joy from start to finish uh so that's my number my number 6. Um all right, our our top 5. Here we go. Uh, uh we'll keep that we'll keep the same order. Uh so Dave, go ahead. Uh, my number 5 is Aqua Teen
1: Hunger Force featuring Nico Case. Santa left a booger in my stocking from 2009. Do you know this one? I do not. Now, normally I object to uh genre number 9 wacky Christmas stuff, but it works for me. Um, It has the guys from Aqua Teen Hunger Force or the characters uh, doing a shtick about how Santa visited and left a booger in their stocking. But they wrote Nico Case into it. And in the middle of all this nonsense, she rips out some absolutely gorgeous melodies singing about boogers. Uh, I can't do justice to it. But hearing Nico Case sing, you leave boogers everywhere under tabletops and chairs but making it sound like a fucking angel delivered those lines it's amazing and uh you know as we've talked about from time to time nothing makes me happier than somebody who is a world class talent who will commit to something absolutely silly so uh it's funny it's moving it is
0: ridiculous uh and it's beautiful in its own way i love it i love it um, uh, for By the way, for the listeners, I am going to compile all of these songs onto a playlist and put them up uh, along with this episode uh, for your listening pleasure um, so that you can get some, some good uh, Christmas treats as well. Uh, James, number five.
2: Number five on my list is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen by Ronnie James Dio. Uh, yeah. This track, if you have not heard it, is so good, it is obscene. Uh, features, of course, Ronnie James Dio, rest in peace, uh, on vocals, Rudy Sarzo of Quiet Riot on bass, uh, Tony Iomi of Black Sabbath on guitar, and, uh, Simon Wright of, uh, ACDC, uh, and, uh, uh, I think he might have played with Queen Strike as well. Uh, But man, it is just a rip roaring track that you would never think of, you know. But somehow somebody's told them to get together and record this. And Dio, you know, I don't know if this this probably wasn't the last thing he recorded, but if it had been, it would be a good thing to remember him by. Uh, Highly recommended.
1: Dave, do you know this one? I do not. I do not, oddly. I generally uh, generally avoid, as I said, uh, the the wacky cover, wacky parody, genre number nine. So a lot of that heavy metal stuff. They do it completely straight, though, (laughs) which I think is part of its charm. There's room for that. Just a lot of the metal Christmas songs are just simply uh mechanical like was nate what nate was alluding to they just kind of set up and play it and there's nothing imaginative or invested in it
2: the compilation it's off of is all of those things but this is the one song that i mean you you kind of give dio a little bit of uh uh rope in terms of you know he's the one guy who can sing these crazy ridiculous lyrics and you're like yeah yeah yeah, i believe everything he's saying but uh oh
1: man you gotta listen to it it is obscene Nice. If, if you're a if you're into doom metal, a band called Nodja, naja, N A D J A. They have a very good instrumental heavy version of that too. But no, that's on my list now. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Nate, you're number 5.
0: My number five uh, is, a, is a newer song, 2008. Um, and it, it's kind of a shock that I put it on here. But um, in the past like two or three years, <clears throat> it is really like, I, it, it's another one of those things that like the second I hear it, I'm just like, I, I have to pay attention and I'm overwhelmed by it. And it's A Christmas Duel by The Hives and Cyndi Lauper.
1: Um, I love that and- one. That one is on DXmas 14
0: it is uh, it is absolutely phenomenal and uh you know i'm one of those people who doesn't necessarily gravitate towards a new christmas song it's got to be out for a while <clears throat> and i think that's why i came to it late because like uh I, I need to know that it'll it'll stand the test of time and and this feels to me like it'll stand the test of time it's kind of like the um it's kind of like the um uh, to me the upbeat version of fairy tale of new york you know it's like it's like taking um the the melancholy out of it and and replacing it with the fun you know two of the two of the the primary things that i look for in a christmas song so my number five yeah is i think that one christmas opens toy. up
1: very much as a as a parody of christmas in new york and it goes on there the xmas by the way that's my my long-running series of christmas compilations that i make every year sometimes a couple a year uh, and uh, the Xmas 14 is uh, F period Christmas. You can imagine what the F stands for. But that is a collection of songs that willfully take it out and just piss all over Christmas. And that one does, but that's a good one. That's an example of genre number six. Uh, I call it Black Christmas or sometimes Fuck Christmas. <laughs> but we might not want to use that kind of language at Christmas. <laughs> Done. Number four. Number 4. For me it is uh, we you know we can agree we don't like covers just done for the sake of doing covers but something about this one really takes a song and reinvests it with an, an energy and a, a sonic quality that the original never had. I love Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's 2004 cover of Mr. Heat Miser. One of my favorite songs, period. It uh, it has an absolute heft to it. It gives the original some bass that was never there in the first place. Um, it exists in 1973-74 from the special A Year Without Santa Claus. Uh, and it's just, uh, I love it. It's fun. It makes me happy.
0: I love it. I love it. You know, adding that adding that weight on a cover that's pretty much straight up um <clears throat> even though that's something I said I'm not really into um is um Buster Poindexter's um is that you, Santa Claus? Kind of the same thing, like, yes. you know, um, which is pretty much just straight up, but for some reason, just it just hits, it hits, so, you know? So, like, yeah, you know, uh, just because I set those rules doesn't mean that they uh, need to be followed, right?
1: Yeah, it makes <laughs> it sound modern without trying to make it sound modern. Not exactly. playing too fast with electric guitars and just uh, gives it what it needs.
2: How come John Favreau has never put Big Bad Voodoo Daddy... In a Marvel movie or a Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus, What's that guy's problem?
0: I feel like after James Gunn put old 97s in the uh, Guardian special, <laughs> it was like a, he, dro- he, dro- he dropped a punk card. And now Favreau has no excuse. That's right. That's right. Uh, so my number four, I never,
2: I never discovered this song until last year, but it is Let It Snow let it snow let it snow by dean martin uh it comes in at only a minute 58 seconds but it is a minute 58 seconds of just pure christmas joy uh it is it is led by this six note glockenspiel riff i don't know if you can apply the term riff to a glockenspiel but it is hypnotic it just goes on throughout the song uh there is no fat on this bone man. He just he goes in there, he does the song, minute 58, bam, you're done, leaves you wanting more. It is
1: fantastic. All Dean Martin Christmas stuff, really good.
0: Yes, 100%. <clears throat> All right, so my uh number 4 Um, Is um, uh, A a Christmas staple And immediately Just sonically Makes me think of Christmas It's a sleigh ride By the Ronettes um, From A Christmas Gift for You By Phil Spector 1963 Comes out Same day Kennedy's assassination Assassinated Flops um, I did not know that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Flops and then um you know Fast Forward is one of the uh premier Christmas albums of all time. Um it, the the uh thing I like about it is um just uh first of all I I love the song Sleigh Ride as um a former band geek. Um, because it was just always fun because there's so many different cool sounds in it. Um, but um, I feel like uh, 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 we get a very early sleigh bell in here, uh, which uh, uh, becomes a staple of Christmas music, um, plus that kind of wall of sound um, approach that has been aped by so many people after after that album came out um, specifically. And this is why this um, is... is uh, at its position where it is is because um it also um birthed uh christmas at ground zero by uh weird owl um his christmas album or a christmas song from 1986 produced by rick derringer so it's uh, my way of uh backdoor putting two songs in number four so there you go <laughs> is is that the original version um of the song itself or yes. no no it is not okay
1: um and that is christmas genre number 15 anything with sleigh bells or a reference to christmas in it is automatically a christmas song so i want to be your dog sleigh bells in there it's in
2: there well here that's one of the uh that's one of the questions i was going to throw out to the group what are your favorite non-christmas christmas songs Mm. Songs that are not specifically Christmas songs, but you associate with Christmas.
1: And what well, is your supporting you should, argument? Funny you should mention that Christmas genre number 14 is atmospheric instrumentals that are unrelated to Christmas, but still work. This is an overlap with the midnight magic kind of feels. So my examples of those are uh, DJ Shadow's Midnight in a Perfect World. Just feels like Christmas midnight Eve. if you don't know that song, it's the one song that uh this American life uses to set the mood for everything. so if you listen to amer- this American life, whether you know
0: it or not, you know that song. Do you guys know that one?
2: do not know that
0: one I don't it's a but, good but one. but uh, but when you make the this American life reference then I probably do know it yeah <laughs> uh
1: Mark Mother's snowflakes from the Rushmore soundtrack snow. Uh, There might be some sleigh bells in there. That works. From the soundtrack, the score to the first Terminator movie, Conversation by a Window. It's the very slow, romantic version of the Terminator theme that uh, doesn't kick in until about halfway through. That works as Christmas music. And even some traditional jazz like Stan Getz, Winter Moon. uh, That, to me, feels very Christmassy.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would say um, a lot of the work that um, Vince Guaraldi did, and just by proxy, because of how much um, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas album is a holiday staple of mine. Pretty much all of his music sounds like uh, Christmas music to me, uh, just because that of is that sound
1: logic. I agree. Yeah, my uh, my top three favorite Christmas
2: non Christmas tracks, and I'll keep this brief. Uh, Venus Stop the Train by Wilco or Jay Bennett, depending on which version, uh, you're going with, uh, does make a mention of Christmas in the song, but it's decidedly not a Christmas song for most people. It is for me.
1: Well, some um, people will tell you that Danzig's the hunter where he says, I'll light you up like Christmas, which is actually <laughs> a cover, but, uh, some people would say that's not a Christmas song, but if it's not a Christmas song, why would you say Christmas? Why would you
0: say Christmas? Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, Number two, Come Away With Me by Nora
2: Jones. Uh, Hmm. That was one of those songs that was in heavy rotation the first year I started compiling my first serious Christmas mix, and a couple of those tracks off that album made it onto there. So ever since then, I've just associated Nora Jones with Christmas. Uh, Shout out to her Christmas album, which came out, I think, last year. Yes. Maybe. Very Uh, good. But very good Christmas album. Uh, and number three, a uh, song called Jesus Christ by Big Star, which is, uh, I mean, it's all about the birth of Jesus Christ. So you could argue it is a Christmas song, but it's not structured as such, I guess I would say. Yeah, it's on uh, my yeah, Christmas playlist. Those are my playlist. top three. Yeah, that, also a very that... fine version of that by uh, Teenage Fan Club.
0: Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, number three, uh, Dave, you're up. Number three, my number three is,
1: drumroll please, my number three is Dennis Leary's 2005 Salty, not suitable for listening at family, uh, not suitable for work, uh, Christmas classic Earmuffs, kids. It is Merry Fucking Christmas by Dennis Leary and Friends. It is a delightful parody of your traditional Andy Williams style Christmas song cheery sing-along that's just replete with foul language and inappropriate imagery uh streets are twinkling with frozen pee is probably the least objectionable about it uh but if you have room in your heart to think that hookers and that kind of thing are funny uh it's a delightful sing-along it's so fun and it, it both it it violates Christmas, but it also captures the joy of Christmas. Uh, so it works on numerous levels. Dennis Leary, Merry fucking Christmas.
2: Another good song along those lines is, uh, the seasons upon us by dropkick Murphys. Yes. We, I put that on, uh, during, uh, christmas tree decorating last night and took it off very quickly
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, along the same lines uh, also a similar title uh merry fucking christmas by mr garrison from the south park christmas album uh also uh quite stellar and unable to be played uh anywhere uh where there is uh, mixed company
2: <laughs> so uh my number three if, if you examine my dna and use some high-tech shit to prepare a Christmas song made specifically for me, it would be "Christmas in the Trenches" by John McCutcheon. Uh, quiet, somber acoustic track, all about the Christmas truce that took place during the first year of World War One between all of the combatants uh, on the battlefields. So, uh, just just to give you some backstory on this, for a long time. Nobody was sure if it had actually happened or if it, had, if it was just a, a story. But uh, the first Christmas during World War I, on Christmas Eve, the combatants all stopped shooting at each other for a period of up to a week in some places, went over the top of the trenches, and just wished each other a Merry Christmas and played soccer, uh, football for our European listeners, uh, exchanged gifts, exchanged addresses. And, uh, it it was documented. Uh, uh, people wrote about it in their diaries. It, it really happened. And, uh, one of those, uh, it's just one of those Christmas stories that, you know, really gets me every time. And I I think about that and that's just one of those things that I really associate with Christmas in general. And, uh, I hear that song every year and and man, it, it just hits me something fierce.
1: You know the so, human. Spirit, so how about Paul McCartney's uh, song "Pipes of Peace"? Also about the same incident. Not as good.
0: <laughs> you know it's it's it, the human spirit very weird um, because um, you know that that story always fascinated me and there's something similar that happened during the Revolutionary War, actually minutes from my house, um, shortly a, a, after or during the Battle of Germantown, um, October sixth, uh, seventeen seventy seven. Um, uh, General Howe had a dog. OK. And it got out and somehow crossed over the lines into uh, the American side. And um, the um, and we we captured his dog and a bunch of the soldiers wanted to, like, kill the dog and send it back and stuff like that. And George Washington um, wouldn't allow it. Um, uh, had Alexander Alexander Hamilton uh, sign a um A a letter uh, sent it to Hal, and they had a ceasefire so that Washington could return Hal's dog to him. (laughs) which is just absolutely hilarious to me. It's like, ah, okay, let's not kill anybody here. Let's get this man, his dog back. Like, uh, well,
2: compare that to George Washington attacking the fucking Hessians on Christmas morning, (laughs) 1776 in New Jersey.
1: (laughs) Hey, we've (laughs) all seen John Wick. We, we know how, how bad (laughs) things can go. If you think you're going to get a leg up by killing somebody's
0: dog. (laughs) Very true. Very true. History
1: would be very different if we had done that. Believe me.
0: (laughs) Uh, my number three, um, corny as it may be, is actually a live recording. And it's um, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's another one of those things that just um, fills me with absolute joy every time it comes on. Uh, recorded CW Post College in Brookville, New York by Jimmy Iovine and Tom Panuzio. Um, and uh, I just found this out that it actually was, wasn't was released until uh, 1982. And it was released as part of a Sesame Street compilation entitled in harmony too um and, really uh, yeah and when and, uh, did they record it uh 75 wow yeah so i you know i'm not sure if it was getting radio play or anything around there um prior to it being re- but the actual first release was 82 on that sesame street comp which also has like the doobie brothers and stuff like that and all and i'm like damn i gotta track down this compilation <laughs> it sounds pretty cool um but i love that track and um and it it you know it was a staple um growing up on uh, WMMR in town um and and it it when I, when I talk about nostalgia, um that one just kind of puts me in the back seat of the car uh, on my way to my aunt's house for Christmas dinner uh, every time I hear it. so that's that's my number yeah, three. even
1: even being a couple years older than you, I don't know a world without that song right like it's it, always been there and it's so successful on so many levels i mean it's a good bruce song uh it's a good christmas song it captures the spirit uh y- you could argue for covers in general being their own christmas thing
0: yeah the um uh, and I, and i will point out it's not out yet it will be out um by christmas i think it comes out right before christmas but um three of the uh Offensive linemen of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, Jason Kelsey, uh, Jordan Mayalata, and, uh, Lane Johnson have recorded a Christmas album, uh, produced by Charlie Hall of War on Drugs and they do a phenomenal Santa Claus is coming to town, um, that actually brings in, um, a bunch of the players talking about what they want for Christmas, uh, in the intro. And it's, it's absolutely stellar. So, um, be on the lookouts for that. I would be not a, uh, I would be kicked out of Philadelphia if I didn't mention it. So. <laughs> uh dave number number two on your list number
1: two this is at last time i checked it was not widely commercially available but you can get it for free on the internet is uh the 2015 cover by the drive-by truckers of i believe in father christmas uh in 2015 they covered this song uh originally by greg lake of uh emerson lake and palmer the the classic prog rock group who uh released that song in 1975 and they do it as uh you know a much not much slower but a slower chill version unplugged uh just has a nice drone in the background really gets to me i never i mean that song never grabbed me before that version And something about that just made me stop in my tracks and pay attention to it. And it's one of the songs that uh, really comes to mind. Wonderful, wonderful version. Um, Again, they recorded that for the A.V. Club when they were doing a series of uh, cover songs and Christmas cover songs over the years back in the the halcyon internet days of 2015. If you don't know it, uh, take a look. Take a look. Uh, If you're looking for a recorded version of it, I maybe know a guy. (laughs)
0: uh james number two uh
2: my number two uh again another song that that was made for me just for me uh grateful for christmas by hayes carl uh quiet acoustic pseudo country song starts off uh starts off with him talking about christmas as a kid when it's him and his parents and aunts and uncles and cousins and Then he goes through different Christmases, uh, throughout the years. And finally, by the end of the song, it's just him and his mom and, uh, they're the only ones left. His wife is gone. Everybody else has died and he's still singing about how he's grateful to spend Christmas with his mom.
0: I love it. And, uh,
2: it's, it, it hits all, all my buttons, man. It hits the nostalgia vibe. It hits being sad. Uh, it hits Christmas and, uh, uh, Oddly enough, I saw Hayes Carl play in Maryland maybe 10 years ago. And uh, I was late getting to the show. And as I walked in, they just started playing that song for me. Nice. So...
0: That's beautiful. And, and, uh, as, as, as a side note, you just reminded me, uh, apologies to Paul McCartney. You are not the worst Christmas song ever. I forgot about fucking Christmas shoes. Fuck that song. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate that song.
1: Yeah. I, what are we, that was number two on my list, actually. I mean, what, what are we going to say about that? That Patton Oswald didn't already? Right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, my, my, uh, uh number my number 2 is that where we're at number 2 number um two. yeah uh is <laughs> uh 2 uh, <laughs> poop uh poop-a. uh is uh, uh donny hathaway's 1970 this christmas um it is uh sonically um the most uh perfect representation of christmas with your family uh to me um it is um absolutely stellar um, and, better and, than the Elliot Yamin version. Yes, better than the Elliot <laughs> Yamin version. As a matter of fact, that um, was what I was just going to say. Is um, people should really just stop trying to cover it because, um, like, never it, works. I, I, it never, never works at all. It's it's kind of like uh, my old uh, "Thou shall not cover the Beatles" playlist um, that was shortly followed up by "But if you do, this is how you should do it" playlist. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I want to say you should never try to cover this Christmas. But you know, maybe. Pre- Prove me wrong uh maybe i just it's just nobody's done it right um but um absolutely absolutely stellar um and and it plays right into the nostalgia uh for me
1: that is one of those songs that i i somehow miraculously just never noticed until a couple years ago it somehow avoided me or and then one day it was there and i find out it's this 40 50 year old christmas classic well, and it's yeah, another. I think, I think music does that. I think sometimes music hides from you until you need it or t- until you're ready for it, and that's yeah, part a, of the Christmas magic.
0: It's another one of those songs that didn't do anything when it came out, um, and and I think it was. I I can't remember what year it was that they did it, but they they added it to um to a soul compilation um in uh, like a '68. Soul christmas compilation um put it back on as a bonus track um maybe like 10 15 years ago and that's when it really started picking up again so like the fact that that you missed it is probably due to that like it just it it wasn't successful and then all of a sudden it was you know and now it's like you know like i said it's my number two like it's up there um yeah i think that's
1: something that that only recently started to get traction in white markets too
0: that uh, probably also one hundred percent true.
1: In uh, fact, I've, I've decided uh, I'm going to add a Christmas genre here. I'm going to make nostalgia its own thing. So yeah. we're up to eight. Now.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, it's so, so definitely before, true.
1: So before we go
2: on number one, another left field question: What is your favorite non-Christmas Christmas movie, Nate?
0: Um. Uh, probably. Um, Oh, So this is this is hyper specific and there's nothing Christmas about it. Well, maybe there is because uh, I seem to remember this being on uh, your list of uh, Christmas movie things um, is uh, Empire Strikes Back makes me think of Christmas. And it's because I had Foss. exactly the snow. Um, I had a very long running uh, tradition that I kind of fell off on, um, which was I would always wrap presents on Christmas Eve to uh, Empire Strikes Back playing in the background. So that's that's probably my favorite. But now if you mean now, if you're talking like kind of in the diehard sense of non-Christmas Christmas. No, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not
2: gonna disinclude that if that's what you want to say, but no. But
0: I was going I, to say uh, probably like I, "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," um, which also Shane Black. So,
2: yeah, I, I feel like people who uh, people who do the whole like "Die Hard" is a Christmas movie thing is that's like the the least common denominator of of you know creativity. You know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's like and, this Scooby-Doo joke from the 80s, like, oh, ever wonder what was in Scooby Snacks? <laughs> right.
0: Well, oh, right. you know, it's, fu- it's funny you should mention that, though, because even if you do include that and you say, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, well, then it's not even the best, because then Gremlins is. Gremlins is the best Christmas movie, <laughs> if, you know, because it's better than Die Hard. Fight me. Come at me.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, are we saying that some people think Gremlins is not a Christmas movie?
0: Yeah, there's people that, that uh, don't don't allow it. Uh, I won't name any names. People believe all
1: kinds of crazy stuff. (laughs) Dave, what about you? For me, uh, In Bruges. In Bruges. I got to get you a copy of that. It's set at Christmas. It has a lot of Christmas vibe to it, but none of the traditional Christmassy stuff. It's It's not even less than Die Hard. There are none of the Christmas tropes. Certainly not about nostalgia, but it summons the Christmas vibe like you would not believe. And uh, you'll see that that's from the uh, director of Banshees, Diminish of uh Seven Psychopaths. Uh, you know his work.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, you could, uh, there's obviously, oh, there's the obviously answer. the, uh, you know, Tenenbaum, Tannenbaum. But there's nothing really in the movie to tie it to Christmas, I don't think. Uh, but it's Vince just all
1: the Christmas jazz in the background. You're there's, right in the I'm, ice cream shop scene.
2: Yes. Um, but there's just something to the vibe of the movie, you know, that that I dig on. You know, it's uh, everybody's wearing heavy clothing. It's set during winter, apparently. Uh, uh, everybody's kind of sad and morose, which is totally my vibe for Christmas. Uh, Yeah, there's the ice cream shop scene where they're playing the Vince Guaraldi tune in the background. Uh, And there's something about, you know, they're all coming together as a family, you know, in this big old house for one last time.
1: And uh, so, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums.
0: I dig it. I definitely dig
1: it. Yeah, you got the nostalgia, you got hope, you got the, the redemption in there, you got family atmosphere. I mean, that's a clear majority.
0: Checks the boxes, checks the boxes. Good All answer. right, our our number our number ones. I'm I'm really interested in this. And also I kind of uh became a sellout on mine, but uh Dave, go ahead. <laughs>
1: See, you know, as we've talked to James and I uh we, we both lean toward the uh the morose or melancholy. Melancholy is a better word for it, Nate. The melancholy Christmas. And you know, it, what you gotta know about me, Nate, James understands this. Yeah, I have made my life a sunless space.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I share my dreams with ghosts, so I don't need to rock around the Christmas tree. My favorite Christmas song. And I believe the best Christmas song is the Pogues fairy tale of New York. Um, that was written by Jem uh, Jim and Shane McGowan released in 1987 has the late great Christy McCall duetting with, uh, Shane McGowan on it. Uh, yeah it's 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 on one hand it's not a traditional christmas song and i think that's what makes it such a powerful christmas song. You get everything in there. You get nostalgia, you, you get these two people clinging together as a micro family or you know two people can certainly be a family. I'm not demeaning that. Um you know you have a look back at how things went right and how they went wrong. Uh you have the atmosphere, you have the tropes of christmas uh it's absolutely magical on every level a couple bad words in it uh life has a couple bad words in it that's my favorite i think it just does it at all
0: yeah i love i love that track it is it is absolutely beautiful and melancholy and then even picks up you know and then brings it right back down it does it it, it ranges you through the emotions and uh paints such a beautiful beautiful picture
1: and Say, the saying, that is, is
2: the, uh, saying that is the best Christmas song is, is so obvious, but it is also like saying the Beatles are the best band ever. Both things are true. It's true. <laughs> Both things are true.
1: Uh, James so that, would, that is my answer.
2: All uh, right. My number one, and maybe this, this might be somewhat controversial, is uh, Baby It's Cold Outside, the uh, most well-known version being by Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Jordan. Uh, a lot of controversy around that song, which I don't want to go into. But if you're so inclined, you can dig up a, uh, a Facebook post that somebody did in defense of it uh, that kind of covers all the bases. But it's a song that just makes me happy. Um, and, and the one incident that, that I recall is I remember one morning maybe 10 or 12 years ago. I woke up and for whatever reason I was just in like a rotten, shitty mood. I was just like, "Fuck everything!" Like before I even got out of bed, and I get in the shower, I'm like, "Fuck everything!" And I get out of the shower, I'm like, "Fuck everything!" And I have to go to work, and I'm like, "Fuck work, man!" And I get in my car, and I'm like, "Fucking car, man! Fuck this!" And I turn the radio on, and baby, it's cold outside it was on, and instantly I was like, "Ah, fuck, this is just the best day, man." Yes. <laughs> I'm having such a good day. This, it, it seriously did, made me do a 180 on my mood that I have never experienced before or since. And, you know, it's, it's one of those songs that's, you know, talking about, uh, you know, romance, which I think you can always link up to Christmas. You know, I think we've all had some Christmas romances. Um, you know, there's, you know, and, and in that respect, it's almost nostalgia by default because we're all, not to knock on our spouses or soon to be spouses but you know there's some nostalgia there for for christmas time romance and uh you know I, I i like it uh and and also written by frank lesser uh who wrote guys and dolls as well uh i did not know that yeah so there you go there's my number 1
0: it's a beautiful song, and, uh, I'm a big fan of it, um, but it also exposes one of my, um, things I hate about Christmas, um, which was don't be too fucking cute with it. Um, when people do covers of that song, nine times out of ten, it makes me want to punch somebody in the face. Like, uh, the, well, the, the Zoe Deschanel one's awesome. I dig that. Um, but like, when people like gender flip it and, or do any kind of cute shit with it, I'm like, I, is get out of it. She and him Zoe Deschanel version or the Leon no, Redbone no, no. version? The Leon Redbone version. Get out of it. Okay okay because the <laughs> she
1: and him version does flip it <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah exactly that's what i'm saying get out of here with that shit <laughs>
2: um my, that's so the louis jordan Ella fitzgerald version is definitely my number one but my number two version of that song and i didn't know this existed until dave's youngest daughter hit me to it last year there is a mac miller uh ariana grande version out there on mac miller's old soundcloud account
0: yeah hey. and
2: uh uh she told me about that and i was like what the I wouldn't know about that if it existed. But sure enough, it, it is out there. It is fairly faithful to the original version, uh, albeit a little more downpeat. So again, like right down my alleyway. Uh, at the time, I was going through like a big Mac Miller phase as well. So it was kind of like, you like Mac Miller? Here's Mac Miller doing your favorite Christmas song ever, <laughs> kid. So it was just one of those magical things. So shout out to Dave's youngest kid. I she's a cool it. kid
0: that's awesome that is my my awesome.
1: here's a version of it. it you know if you're uncomfortable with the uh sexual dynamics of it uh there's a wonderful version from i think 2011 by uh donald Faison and zach braff of uh scrubs fame that is uh hilarious and irreverent and uh that's enjoying enjoyable with no kind of uh questionable aspects to it, I don't think.
0: Kinda kinda feels like it's leaning towards my Fallon thing there, but I'll give it a listen. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, Nate. I'll
1: set you up. Nate, your number
2: one,
0: what is it? This is why I said I'm a goddamn sellout, because I literally told you guys in the text chain that I didn't want to talk about All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, but fuck you, it's my number one, and it's, it's, (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't help it. It It's okay, you're allowed. It's, it's unbelievable, especially because, same thing, um, uh, What's the best
2: Nirvana song, Nate? (laughs) Smells like teen spirit
0: no it's uh, about a girl um uh, <laughs> actually it might be slither uh, d- don't ask me my nirvana thoughts you you know, you know something I'm get you may not know about
2: it. heart-shaped box
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but um uh it comes out in 94 um it, this is one of those things that's weird to me is that like it came out a year before we were at IUP right and i remember my freshman year um this guy mike gazda who uh lived down the hall from me in the dorm playing this on repeat um, in his room in like September of 95 and, and just going like, oh my God, turn this the fuck off. And little did I know that, you know, all these years later it would become like the biggest thing ever, but it feels like it has been with us forever. And I know that it hasn't like, I know it's a, it's considered a contemporary song though, you know, 30 some years is is not, not too contemporary, but you're almost 30 years. Um, but, um, absolutely phenomenal guy, guy who produced it, well, co-produced it with Mariah Carey, uh, Walter of or I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Also produced my heart will go on. So like this guy, um, give him a call if you need a, need a song to be, uh, produced. Um, Mariah makes, get, get this. 2.5 a million dollars a year on this song alone okay 2.5 you think that pissed is paul mccartney off it fucking better 400 four hundred thousand get out of here with that jump change you broke bitch you know what that, i mean like, that
1: also seems low but i certainly believe
0: it. um and then uh one other factoid that i will add here um which is absolutely great is in the wiki uh quoted discussing this song is your friend annie <laughs> Uh, (laughs) One of the best. She's great. Um, But no, I
1: had always assumed that Mariah Carey did not write the song or at least had co-writers in it because that's how a lot of popular artists do. But yeah, Mariah Carey wrote it It, like it's her song. Yeah. Like there was not a Phil Spector that came up with that for her. No, and, and which it would absolutely fit on a Phil Spector Christmas album.
0: And that's the thing like it, it, it checks all of the boxes of of what I kind of nostalgically think of Christmas music. And it, 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 it seems timeless almost. And it's one of the things, um, I don't know if you listened to the podcast Switched on Pop or not, but last year they did a Christmas episode talking about, um, christmas songs uh what makes a successful christmas song and why there hasn't been too many contemporary christmas songs that kind of stand the test of time um but uh one of the things they they talk about in it is that um kelly clarkson song that we were talking about underneath the tree and how um it is is doing kind of a similar thing of just doing the wall of sound and kind of mimicking sonically that but with a little bit of updating to it and maybe that's the secret maybe everybody should just fucking rip off phil specter if you're going to make a christmas song
1: <laughs> yeah that's
2: that tune while well, not one of my favorites uh i cannot recall a time when that wasn't around Right. It just seems like it was uploaded to the cosmic zeitgeist and has been there ever since. And you said it was released in ninety-four. Like if you told me that, I would have told you, like, no, it's she recorded that in like nineteen eighty-seven, obviously, because which
0: is exactly what I thought. I thought it was like an eighty-nine song somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it so like it it was immediate almost that it blew up. And I mean, and then it like steamrolled in the past you know 15 years or whatnot but um but just a, a phenomenal phenomenal song and I, I will unapologetically love that that's what this podcast i'll, is about, I'll sign up about. on that you know I, I mean? by
1: all means listen to that podcast about it and i read annie zaleski's piece about it it really does a great job in, in tracing the pieces origins and legacy
0: it's great it's great um so uh, these were these were our picks let me let me quick run through what the itunes top 10 is um and it said this is 2022 but it feels like it was 21 um but uh number 10 is the kelly clarkson song we talked about from 2013 uh number nine trans-siberian orchestra wizards in winter from 2004 which i'm not even familiar with i don't know that i've heard this 2004 christmas album um but uh we'll definitely have to check that out are we talking entire albums here or songs no these Song, song, sorry.
1: Okay, um, yeah, I don't. I'm sure if if you would play that, we'd all recognize it. Probably, I don't right. know what
0: that is often. Uh, number seven, wait, that was nine. Uh, number eight, Bing Crosby, White Christmas from 45. Uh, number seven, Justin Bieber, Mistletoe from 2011, which is a garbage track, but whatever. We're going to keep playing that, I guess. Uh, number, number six is, uh, your boy Josh Groban with Believe from the yeah. Polar Express soundtrack. Uh, then, uh, the aforementioned Ariana Grande for, uh, Santa Tell Me from 2013. Uh, number four michael buble's it's beginning to look a lot like christmas go fuck yourself it's a delightful
1: I, I, his holiday albums are delightful well, he's really a delight he's got a
0: delightful voice the Bublé. he's truly
1: um, a delightful little elf i, 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 like, I like i like fella. the buble
0: i like the buble um that's from 2011 uh number three trans-siberian orchestra with uh, christmas sarajevo uh from 96 number two Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree back to uh, your your genre notes and of course number 1 is Mariah Carey um but that list just seems wrong to me and I don't know why but I, obviously it's taking data points straight from iTunes but um but uh have at it man like that's that's it's a weird collection and I was honestly shocked how much of it was from post 2000 um it, it, because nothing from post 2000 really sticks in my head Yeah, I mean, Christmas content has gone supernova. I
1: mean, back in, I remember 2000, certainly 1999, I was in Starbucks and they had a Christmas compilation for sale and I thought, whoa, they got a a Christmas CD. You don't see these every year. I'll check that out. And even in 2004, uh, 2007, 2008, when Entertainment Weekly would uh, run lists of Christmas songs every year, it was like, wow, they got new Christmas songs. And you could kind of keep up in 2012, and now there's just so much stuff. There's no, no keeping up with it, and not only songs but movies and everything. Yeah. Christmas has really gone supernova.
0: It's uh, good, though, because uh, because a lot you of know, it
1: doesn't stick the way that, that the songs have.
0: Well, and and that's that's kind of I just feel like the new the new norm is that um, everything is so disposable that as soon as it's out, it's forgotten. Um, even things I love, things I appreciate. It's there's so much content being dropped that it's hard to kind of revisit things because there's no time. Like I, I, I I'm I'm so far behind on on everything, you know, albums and and shows and movies that um, it's almost like on to the next one every single. Time. Time. so like
2: on, on the subject of completely disposable content, if you if you have Amazon Prime, Casey Musgraves has a Christmas special, like a half hour Christmas variety special that I think dropped last year, that is completely inessential, but is also an absolute delight
0: i will have to check that out that sounds phenomenal i'm really excited to check out this uh, uh uh jimmy fallon notwithstanding this uh dolly parton special that she has coming out because i feel like i feel like dolly could 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 make a new classic i i yeah, feel like do- she's
1: yeah too. dolly you can do better
0: than that yeah. <laughs> you can do better than jimmy fallon <laughs> yeah i was right here you could have called me dolly you know <laughs> um so um are there any other songs that you want to give a shout out to christmas or uh or otherwise uh how do you, uh, you- i was
2: i was just going through some playlists from years past seeing if there were any hidden gems that i missed uh freedy johnston uh of bad reputation fame he does a spectacular cover of have yourself a merry little christmas that again. i did
1: not know that oh my oh, god
2: oh dude you gotta listen to that right now um, but yeah, just, that, that's one of those tunes that hits all my Christmas buttons again.
0: He just did a uh, Thanksgiving Eve live stream on, uh, YouTube and, uh, sounds absolutely phenomenal. So no shit. I'm, I'm
2: yeah. going to have to track that down. Uh, song that has the word Christmas in the title, but is not really a Christmas song. Uh, Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis, which was originally by the great Tom Waits, but Nico Case makes it her own. She does the <laughs> definitive version.
1: Oh, I did not know that either.
2: And uh uh here's one of those tracks that everybody knows that Dave will get behind me on that I think will bring a tear to anybody's eye. Same old Lang Syne by Dan Fokelberg. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, um, yes.
0: I, 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 uh, trigger warning the Backstreet Boys just recorded a cover of it. <laughs> no, they didn't. The, it's on their <laughs> Christmas album that just dropped. No, they uh, did not. Like yeah. You're making that
2: up. That's that's Thanos snapping his fingers and things happen. Uh, uh, Dave, so, yeah, there's there's three songs I'll throw out there.
0: Dave, you got anyone? Man, I'll tell about? you.
1: I'll tell you, I have uh, all on one playlist here. I have almost every edition of all 28 DX misses, and it's a list of uh, – 830 tracks if not songs. I try not to overlap uh, or reuse Christmas songs that much. So I'm flipping through the uh the tracks here. There's so many. Um I think another instant classic from a couple years or you got to excuse me. I'm in the parent uh time frame here. When I say a couple, I mean maybe a dozen. But from <laughs> a few years back an instant classic is uh Sia's uh how I always say her name wrong. Sia Sia
0: yeah see i think you're right
1: yeah see uh ho 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 as the kids say absolute banger of a song just tremendous christmas irresistible slaps hard goes hard i like it that's a great one uh something a little bit more obscure uh a song by little jackie called mrs claus i believe let me get the exact attribution on that as I'm clicking through. Uh it's a song about somebody that I think is a single mother. Regardless, she's an overworked, overscheduled mother who has twelve years to suddenly make the uh make the Christmas um happen. You know, decorate the uh decorate the place, make the food, make it all good. Uh, little Jackie, Mrs. Claus, where where is it?
2: Here, well, you're looking for that. I'm gonna shout out Frightened Rabbit. Uh, Scottish Ooh. rock band uh, yes. singer unfortunately committed suicide a couple years ago, but they have three or four just quality quality Christmas tracks. Uh, they do uh, a song called "Cheap Gold," uh, and they do a fantastic cover of "Walking in the Air," which is I don't One even of know my favorites. The, I don't know who the original artist that covered it, but it's Howard from Park. that The Snowman. Cartoon special from the
1: 1970s. Howard Blake is, Howard is the guy, behind the musical force behind that song. Yeah, they they
2: do another song called "It's Christmas, So We'll Stop." Um, man, what what a loss losing those guys were. They were like the last newer, newish rock band of the past ten, fifteen years that I just really got behind. And man, losing them is is. Ugh.
1: Yeah, all yeah, those songs. You talk about melancholy. All of those uh, make me cry because you can hear so much anguish in that guy's voice. And in retrospect, none of that was affectation at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw them uh, uh, shortly before uh, he passed away. So You saw yeah, them? I, I did. I did, yeah. At the Electric Factory in uh, Philadelphia. Well, now the Franklin Music Hall, whatever they want to call it. still the yeah, Electric
2: Factory. I, I saw them a couple times, too. Uh, maybe they just had off nights. It's another one was like a stellar performance, but never
1: gonna see him again. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you don't know those songs, treat yourself. Uh they're heavy. They're heavy, but wonderful stuff. And that's that song was Mrs. Claus by Little Jackie. Wonderful okay.
0: stuff. Okay. Yeah, I am um, uh, so so uh some of the ones that I'll uh, I'll shout out here like a uh, a big one and this goes into the fun thing and and uh uh some you know it, it it's a, a line to toe, but uh Santa Claus is a fat bitch by uh, ICP <laughs> is uh is an absolute favorite of mine and uh, always gets played. Uh another one uh we had talked about Leon Redbone uh Kitty Cat Christmas is um was my alarm clock for the longest time uh because Don't know that one. Oh, check that out. Uh, His actually, his Christmas album is really, really great. The good, like, kind of island vibes to that. Um, And then um, Big Bulbs by uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, uh, this one uh, is maybe a little sus because it's a a former guest of mine from the show. But uh, Pearl Charles and her boyfriend, Michael Ralt, do a cover of uh, Christmas Must Be Tonight by the band. Um, That is absolutely killer. Um, And we'll, you know, make a bunch of playlists uh, moving forward in my future. And then, um, you know, I can't listen to it anymore, um, because it doesn't really make sense. But uh, Can't Stop Christmas by Robbie Williams, his pandemic Christmas song that I sent you guys the other day, that was that was stuck in my head for uh, the entire 2020 Christmas season. So, yeah. Those are nice.
1: Hey, let me, you know, speaking of uh, people out your way, uh, we talked about this one privately, Nate. Brittany Ann Tranbaugh. Yes. Her uh, Christmas flannel song. The Christmas flannel song. If you need a a brand newish Christmas song, it's been around for a while, but if you need a newish Christmas song, nice, wonderful acoustic uh, Christmas song. Brittany Ann Tranbaugh, the Christmas flannel song.
0: It's awesome it. It's good. it is so awesome there's also uh, another another Philly artist uh, shook Daniels um, does a uh, cover of Santa baby uh, that I think she dropped this year uh, that is also absolutely stellar check that out
2: hey guys it's Huey from the fun- loving criminals how you doing
1: <laughs> what's up Huey how you doing hey, hey I'm doing all right Dave. Hey, I'm sorry I'm sorry we left out uh, Christmas uh, by the side of the road we were yeah, gonna that's
2: get what I was out, gonna course. say why haven't you talked about my Christmas song? off the uh, huey and the new yorkers album i mean come on christmas classic right there
0: you know uh huey i'm sorry i missed those shows also no fuck those guys
2: <laughs> they're not the fun loving criminals i'm the fun loving criminals
1: well All i right. had a good time at the shows there Huey. i don't know what to tell uh, you yeah we're gonna talk later you and your brother both
0: uh so uh what, what what do you got what do you got on deck dave you got anything coming out Man,
1: you know, uh, I don't have anything new coming up, but I do have a collection of my Christmas comic strips. So just go to Amazon and look for Suburban Metal Dad Compendium 2, uh, Christmas Sevenfold. Collect seven years of Christmas and holiday strips. Um, it's basically uh Christmas vacation with a lot of cursing and some magical realism.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Definitely check that out, people. Uh, Guys, you got anything you want to say to these uh, fine folks listening to this show before we take it off? Now, I I know
2: Dave's Christmas music compilation for 2022 uh, has already been thrown out there. I don't even know if I'm going to do one this year. Uh, Traditionally, I kind of wait for the vibe to catch me and I go with it from there. Most years I do one, some years I don't. Sometimes it's not finished until December 24th, but uh, if I do drop that, I'll send it out to you, and maybe you can send it to everybody.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post uh, links uh, to that. Yeah, I'll send and, you a uh, link we'll- to the
1: Spotify version of mine. This year's is DXmas 28 in the bleak midwinter, and if you're the- a Netflix person, you should know what that means because it does mean that.
0: I love it those will those will be up in the in the show notes uh, as long as as well with the uh, uh, songs we talked about here today and all that good stuff uh, you know you can find the show notes uh, attached to this or you can uh, of course always follow us on the socials at yo that's my John if there is a social we are there and you can visit the website at www for merchandise and all the goings on and links to every episode of this podcast and hey while you guys are there, why don't you sign up for the mailing list? And then that way you can get all the notifications sent to your inbox and you don't have to do any work whatsoever. Don't Gentlemen... trust the algorithm, people. Sign up for the mailing list.
1: Exactly. The algorithm will hide stuff from you. The more you want to see it, the less likely you are to see it unless you're on the mailing list.
2: If and you like also... Paul
1: McCartney, you'll also like the
0: Beatles. <laughs> and also the algorithm might um fall apart on uh, some of those social channels in about uh, 2 weeks so uh, so be careful uh make sure you put two factor authentication on because uh that 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 thing's going down um but i won't name names elon i won't name names uh a um, mask. But uh guys, thank you so much for doing this. As always, I'm I'm glad anytime we get to talk and even more glad when we get to do it in front of uh people and make them listen to us. No, so.
2: no, thank you for doing this. This is this is some shit right here, man.
0: I love yeah, it. Thank you very and much. I, it I, was
2: uh, a lot of fun. And james James, uh, no, you know,
1: again for the record, James best fucking brother in the history of anything. I'll spare you the details. You just have to take my word on it. If I am, I'm only a
2: runner up to you.
1: Oh, that's love. that's an incorrect statement <laughs> but hey but, uh, thank you for having us nate it's always a lot of fun yeah look, looking forward to the uh
2: 90s soundtrack podcast it's be, gonna uh, happen episode
0: we'll have to schedule that like maybe maybe We've we'll talking month, about
1: for the last year
0: <laughs> yeah it's definitely gonna and happen jimmy tra- pop
1: from the bloodhound gang if you're out there doors always open we could be together what the I fuck guess. is jimmy pop doing that he can't record a christmas song
0: Hey, I've huh? got co- ideas. I'm going to quote that and send it to him. I'll, I'll send a clip of it. We'll make it happen. We'll will that into existence as the last three remaining USB BHG fans. Uh, <laughs> hey, Merry DXmas to
1: everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, tolerating our bullshit. Uh, have a great holiday. Enjoy.
0: Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my John, at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout, To the world, yo, that's my John.